philanthropist, public speaker, and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast. I am here with my new mate, Madeline. We are going to talk all about being great. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Madeline, why don't you tell the people a little bit more about who you are and what you do? So um, I have wended my way, let's say, from being a classically trained psychoanalytic psychotherapist to have gotten an MBA to learn about things from an organizational perspective, and then uh, having become a board-certified executive career and life coach, I help high achievers learn how to manage their minds so they can have um, more hours in a day, more peace of mind, more freedom and fulfillment, essentially maintaining that high performance without burning out, which is what they all tell me they want. And I've reverse engineered a five-step strategy to get them there. So, Okay. So the strategy is the great strategy? Yes, it is. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Give me, give me great. I'm, I'm walking up to you. Uh, I have no knowledge of being great. What do we do? So what I have found is that no matter how different the people I work with are one from the other, and no matter what kind, and Dan, I'm going to use your word, no matter what dreams they, <laughs> they have for themselves that are, again, so different one from the other, I ask myself at some point, what is it that's working for all these people who are so different and want such different things for themselves? And that's when I came up with this five-step strategy, which begins with G for grounding. Mm. So the first thing we need to do is permission to dream, Dan. So this grounding in the idea that it doesn't have to be like this, Mm -hmm. that things really can be great Mm -hmm. and they don't automatically believe that on a first meeting. So I hold that dream. I hold that grounding. I hold that space for them Mm -hmm. until they can hold it for themselves. The premise of my finding and therefore my book and my work is that a great life depends on a great fit between who we are and the environments in which we work and live. So Mm, a symbiotic relationship. Yes. Yeah. So that kind of alignment that everyone talks about, but not everyone has. And the first step would obviously, although it's not so obvious until we start thinking about it, Mm -hmm. is to find an environment that fits with who you, who we are, we need to know who we are. Yeah, of course. <laughs> there needs to be some clarity about that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the next thing we do. Sometimes we do paper and pencil tests to pull out the core values, and sometimes it just happens in the process of talking. But we mm-hmm. need to we need to find what really matters. 
And then the E is to begin to explore out of, out of the box external environments that maybe we never even dreamed about before. Mm-hmm. So to begin to open up where the fit could be that we either did think about before but thought was impossible or never dreamed about before. And then, of course, William James says said that action does not guarantee happiness, but there's no happiness without action. So, I love that one. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. So G-R-E-A for action. And then I know that you know, Dan, that the minute we begin to do anything different, it is possible for all hell or just a little hell to break loose. (laughs) Just a little hell. I love it. You know that, right? Exactly. Exactly. The woman who wrote the badass books. Yes. Jen Cicero. Cicero. Yeah. Said that when people start to grow or reach out, the car breaks down, the washing and dryer explode, like all kinds of hell breaks loose. And Mm -hmm. I think that that can happen less dramatically than that. But still, there can be parts of us that go, whoa, wait a minute. So the T is for either taming or tackling that, however you want to think about it. So we have the grounding and the recognizing who we are and then exploring alternative environments and then action and then taming the resistance. I, I hesitated on the exploring alternative environments because I want to tell you there are a lot of people who fall in love with where they are. Oh, yeah, I see that all the time. And, right. and a lot of times people don't even realize that that addiction's happening, right? Right, right. Well, some of them hate where they are when they come to me. Mm. And through, through this process... So, like, I have clients who will say things like after they explore their own values and what really matters to them, they'll say that their family matters more than anything else. And I'll say something like, well, do you feel that your current position, which doesn't delight you every day, but Mm -hmm. does it nourish your family Mm. and they go oh yeah and then all of a sudden they begin to really appreciate what they have Mm. because of how it nourishes them and then when they continue to explore they come up with the most exciting and delightful side hustles (laughs) you know like um a food YouTube channel mm-hmm. for a high-powered, high-pressured lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, so once they start to develop that conscious relationship and they start playing in that field, oftentimes they start just finding opportunities and possibilities are open to them. Great. Things they never dared to dream about. When I was reading your materials, I was struck by how much of an underpinning the dreaming is. And in fact, I then noticed that on my Instagram um, account, I say, I help make your dreams come true, which Mm -hmm. I put there a long time ago. Once people have permission to do what you espouse, um, 
everything opens up once they start believing that it doesn't have to be like this. And you know, I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact, especially when we're caught in the muck of what's happening every day, of the fact that there is another way. You know, we get so caught up in what's happening now, we don't see something else could be possible for us, right? Right. Mm. There was um, there was a woman I was working with yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. She has something that happens periodically with her where she just gets so tired that she believes she can't show up, she can't work, she needs mm-hmm. to have a few days off from work. She thinks that that looks really weird and everybody's looking at her and, and on and on it went. Mm-hmm. And it was just so incredibly painful for her. And she's talked to the doctors and she wished that she could get a diagnosis, but they don't know exactly what to call it. And they mm-hmm. called it this and they called it that. And then I, I said to her, well, I know you feel it. You can't show up and you can't do work, but you showed up for our own appointment and you're, you're actually working here with me today. And I said, so if you could step outside of the pain and say, I am not my pain, what else opens up for you? Oh, I love that question. Yeah. And she came up with something she has wanted to do. She had, she had an amazing job in a not traditionally female occupation mm-hmm. and really appreciates this job, but it's kind of like heavy drudge work. For her. So she mm-hmm. comes up with this side hustle that she would like to do. And she's not the only one who, mm-hmm. who has come up with that. And all of a sudden, I could feel the energy just completely shifted. And I said to her, what just happened there? Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't know, just thinking about that, it made me feel so much better. <laughs> and so when you talk about the mind-body, there it was. So if you, people who have chronic pain, if you can step outside of the pain and say, I am not my pain, there goes pain. What else is there? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you know what has, is, is, is just ringing true here? It's how, um, or for me, is how your grounding in more traditional modalities gives you Mm-hmm. more insight. I'm a, I'm a regular co-host on a, a show twice a week called LOA Today. It's all about the law of attraction. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, I hop on and I kind of bring my beyond intention tools and alignment and so on. Um, but yesterday, on yesterday's show, because I do it on Tuesday and Thursday, on yesterday's show, I just, I, just, I just called us all out who talk about this metaphysical esoteric stuff. Uh-huh. I called us all out and I said, what if all of the stuff that we're talking about is absolute poppycock. What, what if that was the case? You know, I said, look, what if the, all this stuff we're asking people to believe, a lot of which isn't demonstrated, let alone proven, what if none of it was true? What if we've been selling stories and selling a lie? Uh, and we, we ended up sort of going down the rabbit hole with that mm-hmm. conversation. But what I love is that 
you're taking demonstrated methods and you're weaving it into this experience of manifesting a life that we want. Someone comes in and you're feeling the energy in the space, but you're also yeah. using very scientific tools to delve in and see, okay, how can we elicit change here? I absolutely love that. Oh, thank you. Well, I should tell you that I've been studying Advaita Vedanta pre-Hindu tradition for 20 years. And from that, I echo with my clients, what my tutors have, have espoused to me, mm-hmm. which is don't believe a word I say mm-hmm. and don't believe a word you read. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's in the scriptures, which are in Sanskrit. I can't read them anyway. But <laughs> but the idea is until you have tried it and seen from your own experience mm-hmm. what is true for you. So I read a lot of science and I blab a lot about science, but I very often will say things like please correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if this doesn't fit for you, because very early on in my traditional training, one of my mentors popped off at somebody in a supervision group because she was saying that she was trying to help somebody get from here to there somehow. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he popped off at her and he said, you know, you're having enough trouble living your own life. What makes you think you could possibly tell someone else how to live theirs? Mm-hmm. So that was very common in that kind of training. And I embrace that humility. Mm-hmm. So I study brain science and evolutionary psych and Advaita Vedanta and all the classical training and I took coaching. So I have a pot with a lot of stuff in it, mm-hmm. but none of it is worth anything unless it's useful to my client. Because I think that's another thing and you, you touched on, on something that I speak out against a lot personally um which is this idea of people who and i'm trying to do this without being judgy but they're not doing anything with their own life and look i'm not saying that we have to be perfect to do this with my life isn't perfect most of my life works some parts don't work but i don't open my mouth and talk about giving people guiding light on those parts that don't work that's when i bring in other people to support me and to support Mm -hmm. others who may be having challenges with those lives but you have people for example who don't have a pot to piss in and are out there running courses and teaching people how to create abundance for example i I know i know this yes Mm. yes so On my website, I have a pull-down that has exercises, complementary exercises. One of them is called the judgment room. Mm -hmm. And going through this little exercise illustrates to us how primed and prone we humans are to judging everything. Mm. And... For us, I think it's um, true, kind, 
necessary and beneficial is the guidance from the Buddhists about when you're going to intervene with your awareness about what might not be right. Mm-hmm. And I'm a helping professional, so I like to be really helpful, and I have to really catch myself and make sure that what I'm about to contribute on what's wrong with someone else is true, kind, necessary, beneficial, and I would add requested. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and That's so, a big word. Yeah. So the woman that I was talking to yesterday who didn't feel well, mm-hmm. I said to her, you know, sometimes people just want to tell you that they just don't feel well mm. and they don't want you to try to fix it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there might be things that we can do to ease this for you. So you tell me. Would you like us to just sit with this today or would you like to talk a little bit about what kinds of things might help? And so it put her in control of that. Mm. And I was making sure, trying to make sure that I was giving her not what I thought she needed, but what she wanted. Because there are some, I mean, you, you've, you've touched on something there. Uh, I, one of the, I did a very controversial, well, it was perceived to be controversial video, I think it was a couple of years ago now, um, called Stop Lying. And in that video, what I was doing is I was basically calling out people who don't really want change just to accept that you don't really want change and stop wasting people's time, <laughs> basically. You know, if you just want to, vic- if you just want to just play out your victim story, then play out a victim story. Go and find other victims to play out that story with. Don't take away from other people's life force with your victim story. Totally. And if, yeah. you, if you want to make a change, then recognize that it's going to take, it's going to, it's going to be work and be ready to put in that work. And if you're not, accept that you're not ready to put in that work right now and ready yourself to put in that work. Uh, and people got really upset because obviously I was... <laughs> Well, 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 I basically said what you don't want to hear, which is what's really going on, that the reason why your life hasn't changed is because you don't really want it to change. If you'd wanted it to change, it would have changed. I by say now. that to people all the time. Mm. In fact, I have a middle-aged CEO who's been with me. I'm sort of like on his team now, like mm-hmm. that, uh, I don't know the name of the woman in Star Trek. She's the psychologist on the team. I know her, Dr. Beverly it, Crusher. Is that who it is? Beverly Crusher in the, the one with Jean-Luc Picard you talk about Next Generation. I don't know which one. I'm, no, I'm talking about the early one and I think her name is Diane or something. Anyway. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deanna, Deanna Troy. Deanna, Deanna, thank you. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sort of like that for him. Mm-hmm. So he has said to me recently, do you know what the best thing you ever said to me was? And I get scared. It's like, what did I say now? And he said, you said to me, you're whining. You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) He said, first, I couldn't believe you said it. And second, no, I didn't realize that I was whining. (laughs) You can do that if you want to, but you're paying me a lot of money. And I, there's really nothing for me to 
do with that except to observe that mm-hmm. that's what you're doing, which you can do if you want to. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't sound that different to me than what you said. So I probably would have loved your video. So. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even set out to do that long a video. I kind of just, um, I used to live closer to the beach here in Cabo. I used to live across the road. So I'd, I'd pop on the beach a couple of times a day sometimes and just have a walk. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd just hop on Facebook Live and just, you know, just say hello. And something just niggled me. And I was just like, do you know what, guys? Just just stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of, I got a lot of backlash. A lot of people, are you out of order? Some people are trying their best. And blah blah blah. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree with me. Change doesn't take time. It's getting ready to take the change that takes well, time. So there's this book that I read decades ago, and it always kind of stuck with me until I finally made the leap to embrace it fully, and it was by a psychoanalyst named Alan Wheelis. The name of the book was How People Change. And Wheelis's answer to that was what you just said. Mm -hmm. They just do. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, they don't. And if they do, they do. The thing that I wanted to talk with you a little bit about, if if we have time, is is micro-shifting. Which, ah yes, <laughs> which, which I read and um, thought I have to talk to him about. Yeah, pe- people love the micro shifting. Micro shifting has has really opened up the game for a lot of people. Um, whether they do my work directly or like you, they're professionals and and, and colleagues uh-huh. and peers who just it just clicks because um, I mean I I did a lot of Tony Robbins work uh, style work and. Yep. Um, the whole idea of the big leaps and you squared by, I think it's Terry Pritchard. I think Pritchard, I can't remember the name of the guy, um, you know, talks about quantum leaps and that's all very well and good. But when I looked at what happens in real terms is people have quantum leaps or they have these big shifts. And then when inadvertently they have a period of unconsciousness or the tea, something comes up. (laughs) Exactly. They haven't done the tea. They haven't done the tea. They're going to revert back. And then what ends up happening is if they're not resourced to be able to deal emotionally with that pullback, then that backsliding, then it often creates an an induced transition downward and they end up worse than they were before. So something that I want to read to you. Go for it. So this is, We've heard that it takes 21 days to form a new habit, but according to Philippa Lolly, a health psychology researcher at University College London. UCL. Yeah. A new Mm -hmm. habit usually takes a little more than two months, 66 days to be exact. And Mm -hmm. here, here comes the good part. And as much as 254 days until it's fully formed. But you can break a habit if you skip three days straight. So when people think that they can transform their lives in eight weeks, Mm -hmm. I like to think of the brain, and I'm not the only one who thinks of the brain, as a garden. Mm -hmm. So you need to plant the seeds, you need to water it, you need to let it take root. Mm -hmm. And then in so doing, maybe the old habits in the old garden wither because they're not being fired and and fed that way. But the we have to expect that tea 
And you're absolutely right, which is why I pulled this this little bit of data out. That's a great piece of data. Thank you. Isn't that good? So, yeah. so people people need to know, like you were saying, that this takes a little time, mm. and you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, and having scaffolding, like someone like you, supporting them. Um, the studies show that that's really helpful too. So, so the person can say to you, you're whining <laughs> when you don't realize that that's. Do you know what the other thing as well? It's um, when you sit with the fact that it's an idea, it's a very philosophical idea, but you know, we always come home. Always, we always come home. But we don't often connect with the fact that home is where we've been the most often. And so we may have done, you know, a year of deep inner work. But if like me, I mean, I'm, I'm 37 in just a few weeks, I'm gonna be 37 years old. If we, if we take out the seven years of me, you know, just being a, a small human that didn't really have analytical function, I've spent basically 31 years learning to be the person I am today. Even yeah. if I go on to spend the next year or two yeah. practicing being someone else, we're talking about 31 years of back data. So in, in an instance where, you know, I, I have a habit and I've done it for two years and then I don't do it for a month, I'm going to undo the two years of, of, yeah. of work because I'm going to go back home. Now, obviously, sometimes those new, those new, ways of being new ways of doing things become deeply ingrained somehow, whether it's through some kind of trauma or a deep imprint or a life-changing life-ordering experience. But we have to maintain a commitment in order to have that T. We need to maintain a commitment to showing yeah. up consistently day after day, day after day as that new person. And for me, I find that's where the microsifts create new magic because rather than it being a big leap, that consistent series of baby steps that we get with, with micro shifting and we anchor it every single one of those baby steps individually, it creates a new pattern, a new momentum of change, which is easier to uphold. And if there is a backslide, we've got a shorter distance to the yeah. backstop that we've created. Yeah. Well, this thing I wanted to mention to you about the micro shifting. So at the end of every session, we do action steps. Mm -hmm. And I like to say that there, and I have a feeling you're going to agree with all of this, but I'm <laughs> going to say it anyway. I like to say not so big that it overwhelms and shuts you down. Mm. But I also say not so little that it doesn't inspire. Like you want to excite your brain and get the dopamine going and say, wow, look what I did. That felt really good. If I did that, I can do. So it can't be too small. Mm -hmm. And also, of course, it can't be so big because that defeats. So it's like Goldilocks with the porridge. <laughs> just, just, just right. Yeah. I say push your edge and not your buttons. What? Oh, uh, can I, can I quote you? Of course you can. <laughs> You're welcome to. Push your edge, but not your buttons. So I love cons that. 
consistently pushing the edge, but not so much that it throws you into any kind of tailspin. I would say to people, as soon as you start to feel resistance or recoil, take a half step back and keep taking a half step back until it's just bearable. Sit with it there, get that T going, anchor it in, and then ease it a little bit more. Yeah. And also, if they can give whatever the resistance is a name. Oh, wow. I love that. And then say, there goes whatever the name is. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's the same. It's the exact same thing as that woman and her pain. Mm -hmm. I am not that whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Just to put some distance on it so that it's contained. And I always like to think about who's driving the bus. Mm-hmm. You don't want the resistance driving the bus of your mm-hmm. life, but mm-hmm. it's going to be there. I like to think of making friends with it, actually. There are some people who just wanted to tell it to shut up. But, <laughs> but I like to think of um, having a relationship with it. So I... I hear you. I know that you're afraid. Give me a chance. Trust me. I got this. You know, I think you've hit another nail on the head. We're going to run out of nails here, I think. Um, Because (laughs) having, even if you look at arguing with someone in real life doesn't get you as far as negotiating with someone. Now, sometimes you get people that can't be negotiated with the terrorists of the world, but generally speaking, at least giving negotiation a try gets you a lot further than fighting with someone. And when we recognize that these um, aspects of our personality are strands of consciousness, often that have their own experience. I mean, that's what the, you know, parts integrations to some extent, bringing those strands of consciousness into wholeness. You know, when you treat it as a strand of consciousness that has its own experience, it has its own sometimes even distorted viewpoint on memory. And sometimes we step into those strands and sometimes we witness them. But if we honor, accept and love that strand, Mm -hmm. that coherent frequency will often do a lot better than fighting with it. Well, Surely. And if we come out swinging with ourselves or others, Mm -hmm. we put the self or the other who is now threatened because somebody's swinging at it Mm -hmm. into fight, flight or freeze. And you can't have a conversation that's worth anything with someone who's in fight, flight or freeze. So relating first eases the way to conversations that might even be difficult, but at least neither organism is shut down or closed off. So both can be present, which is just another way of saying what you just said. So, I mean, again, nows, 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 just recognizing that if we're in an expansive dialogue, we're more likely to have an expansive outcome versus being, I'm in a fight and this is what's going on and we're going to battle and blah, 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 blah. It's just not, it's just a different, it's just a different experience going on. Somebody was talking the other day in a meeting I was in about their family, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, the strife, like, even though they love each other, there's fighting, especially now politically here. Mm-hmm. 
And I was reflecting on that and I was thinking, okay, my family doesn't do that, even though we're all very mm-hmm. spirited and mm-hmm. opinionated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering why, you know, I always like to work backward to mm-hmm. like, why is this working? Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do with love, that our love for each other is the bar. Mm-hmm. So anything that supports that is okay. Mm-hmm. When it begins to look like it's going to damage or ding that, then everybody pulls back. And so we preserve and protect, and that's back to the values that we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more important to us about us than loving each other. So even though we might get animated about some issue that really matters to us, only to a point that preserving and protecting what matters to us the most. Mm. Almost like a setting a, um, a, a priority list. Yes. Not that yeah. one is more important than, than the other, but we can only juggle consciously so many pieces ourselves any one go, right? Yeah, and sometimes one is more important. Mm. Sometimes. Yeah. True. Do you have some some rounding nuggets of wisdom that we can uh, we can share with the the audience before we start to sort of bring some of these pieces together? Well, actually, um, because of what we were just talking about, what comes to mind that I I do want to share as a little nugget. I actually have two. So mm-hmm. one is um, what the Hindus call good company. Mm. And good company is the wine you drink, Mm -hmm. the food you eat, the books you read, the music you listen to, the thoughts in your head, Mm -hmm. and the company you keep, the environment around you, all of that to the very highest quality. And I think that's what I was talking about with my family just Mm. now all of that to the very highest quality that you can afford Mm. and arrange and to me back to great that's how we have a great life wow and we do get to pick and choose some of that not all of that but we do get to pick and choose some of that the other thing is that I have a 30-second breathing technique that um, kicks the um, functioning out of the lower emotional brain Mm. up into the higher brain so that we can live our life from our executive functioning. So in other words, when we're um, freaking out over something or other, we can say thank you for the data. So when when the amygdala is saying, I don't like what's going on here, then the higher brain can say, thank you for telling me, I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's the higher brain, not the emotional brain that decides, is there something to be done here? 
And sometimes there's nothing to be done here. Sometimes car coming, get out of the way, there is something to be done here. Or sometimes something to be done, but not by you, or something to be done, but but tomorrow or but at least you have your higher brain sorting that out rather so as people like to say so you're responding instead of reacting i love that i love that that's absolutely amazing uh, now we're going to pop obviously all of your links down in the show notes um you you've got some amazing things going on and we definitely want to connect people with that including including the the book as well um so but where can where where for people just listening what's the best place for them to to connect with you the best thing to find everything and it also has my you know facebook and instagram linkedin and all of that is actually on my website and i will respond to it from any of those avenues and also the complimentary exercises are on the pull down if you scroll down a little bit on the website and the website is madeline.com madelineweiss.com m a d e l a i n e w e i s s.com brilliant and we'll of course make sure that we pop that in the uh, in the show notes Perfect. so guys be sure to go and head out madeline's website uh, check out her book getting too great a five-step strategy for work and life um you've heard some of the magic from that book today uh, i'm no doubt there's going to be more there and, and do connect with her and and if you feel this website this website this Ooh. this podcast is um is going to be of use to someone else that you know give it a share and as always we invite you to 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 comment on 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 the and rate, rate and review the podcast so the more people can find out about it and we can share this good work so until next time guys i invite you to keep dreaming with your eyes open and remember that you can consciously choose a more abundant joyful purpose driven life thank you so much for being with us today madeline thank you dan Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.